Every day is an opportunity for you to learn something that sets your home improvement or home services business apart from the competition. Let's make today one of those days. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. You've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate a comfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hope you're doing fantastic on this Thursday, January 14th. Hope everything's going well in your corner of the country. I wanted to kick off today's episode by talking a little bit about the NFL. I was watching over the weekend, specifically the the Steelers-Browns game. Um, Steelers fans, I'm so sorry. That might have been the worst 11-0 team in the history of the NFL. If you don't watch the NFL, if you don't watch football, um, this isn't a football podcast, so I'll kind of lay the groundwork here. The Cleveland Browns haven't won a playoff game in the last 17 years. 17 years. That is a long, long, long time. But if you watch them when they came out, they played lights out. They put a ton of points on the board early. Their defense was playing amazing. And it got me to thinking, how can this relate to a podcast topic? Because that's my life now. But seriously, I was thinking about um, being the underdog, right? Going against expectations when there's no one in your corner and still finding a way to pull it off. Being fueled by that underdog mentality. You got your Pella's Window Worlds, Power Home. There's a lot of companies out there with more resources than you, more brand equity than you. And when it comes to marketing, it is so hard to kind of overcome that, to challenge those Goliaths. You can hardly budget $2,000 for a TV ad. Pella can drop $20,000 in a TV ad, not even blink an eye. So on today's podcast, I'm joined by Kyle Powers, who is a consultant at Tony Hody. He started in sales, moved over to marketing, um, has really mastered the art of canvassing and face-to-face lead generation. He's worked for a ton of big names in the industry, Tundraland, Mad City. He says the biggest thing he hears from his clients is, how can we position our marketing to take on those big dogs in the market? So today we're going to talk about the strategies that he uses, the strategies that he gives to his clients. I mean, this episode in of itself is like getting a free consultation from Tony Hody. There is so many good things you can pick up from this, apply it to your business. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and kick the episode off. Again, this is Kyle Powers with Tony Hody Consulting. I'll see you on the other side. I hope you enjoy. Um, I, I came over from the direct sales industry, um, so I was selling cable door-to-door telecommunications. Um, and that was, you know, a selling role, um, built teams, managed teams, you know, that way. And when I came over to this industry, I came over uh, as marketing, as uh, being a canvas manager uh, for what was then Mad City, uh, building their canvas team and, and lead generating. It wasn't until I was in the industry for a few years uh, where I was a marketing director at another company that I also uh, took on a small role um, selling in the home and then uh, became sales manager as well as still doing all the marketing stuff. Uh, it was kind of a smaller company. Um, so mm-hmm. I you know, did get some sales uh, in this in- you know, industry also. Uh, and when I went over to uh, Tunderland, actually the owner there you know, had asked me, hey, you, know, you, you sold in this business. You're you know, a great marketer in this business. What is your passion? What do you 
you know, what route do you want to take? I'll, I'll offer you either. And I said, no, nah, marketing, marketing's it. And I, uh, the lead then, the quickness, uh, you know, all of that, the, the training, the building of the teams. I just, uh, I love it. I love it and live it every day. So that's awesome, man. The, uh, the concept of, uh, face-to-face in-person sales and then jumping to face-to-face in-person marketing with this canvassing, um, yep. is that, kind of the mentality you brought from sales and then applied that to marketing? Is this something you had seen before or were you kind of started starting from scratch with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really uh, privy to kind of to the lead generation side before coming into this industry where, um, you know, when I first looked at it as lead generation, but what I really figured out over time is it, it is sales. Uh, we're selling something for free, but we're really not selling something for free when we generate a lead. Uh, it's people's time that they're giving us to come out and see them. And so when the value that we give them supersedes the value of their time, they'll have us out. And so that's really the currency that they pay us is with their time. Um, And so still realizing that the marketing process really is a sales process when you're face-to-face setting that lead. Uh, It's just the process happens to be three minutes instead of, you know, 60, 90 minutes or even three hours long sometimes. And that's interesting that the, the playbook that you guys use and you don't have to give away a secret sauce or anything. Again, it's, uh, that's what you do now as a consultant for Tony Hody, right? Yes. Um, you kind of provide the, the groundwork and, and the playbook for how to build a really good canvassing program. Yeah. Canvassing, I mean, shows, events, call center, uh, you know, we do recruiting and everything too, but uh, that was really how Tony got his started was uh, on the canvassing side. Same thing, you know, same way I got started, but, um, you know, all of us have, have marketed in, in all those roles and we consult on all those different, you know, areas. That's awesome. Um, you know, with such a heavy emphasis on, on in-person events and uh, canvassing and obviously this past year um, yeah. brought, brought about some major impacts, shifts there. And, you know, we saw a lot of companies and customers came to us saying, you know, we find that our in our our show like home show events are one of the biggest lead generators of the year, and we yep. don't know if they're going to happen this year. So, how were you talking to your clients and customers coming to you um, when they came with this question? Um, did, is it more of a focus on canvassing neighborhoods, or you know, what what's your take there? Yeah, so it depends on where you're at uh, in the country because believe it or not, uh, I have a client I'm talking with right now. They're uh, looking at doing some work with me for home shows this next month. Uh, nice. So there, there is some areas that they're still happening. I mean, I know just in my local area, I'm in Wisconsin, you know, in Milwaukee, uh, Nari still had their um, their fall home show happen. Um, and so in select little parts, shows and events are still a possibility. They certainly are limited compared to where they used to be. Uh, in certain areas, they're non-existent. I mean, you can't right. find anything, you know, that way. Um, and so it, it, it kind of brings me to before having too many eggs in one basket, so to say, when you really, when you look at any one lead source, if that's your bread and butter, if that's the thing that sets you up for the year, uh, look at getting some other things also that can do that because i mean even without a, a massive thing you know the whole country shut down that kind of thing with you know uh the covid um is that leads are you know they kind of are like a roller coaster so you can have a source that's working really good and it just 
goes dry all of a sudden. And if um, I know of companies that, you know, had massive programs that that was 60, 70, 80% of their business and that program just ended overnight, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's how quickly can you get into other things else? But the, the biggest thing before that is just diversifying your portfolio of leads, so to say, and, and how you get them. So that way, if any one stops, you don't even notice it, you know, as a business, you just keep going about, um, you know, that way. And I think, uh, you know, before COVID hit that, our industry is doing really well. We're on, we're on a growth. We, we've been doing well for a while. And, and I mean, even still with COVID happening, a lot of businesses are still having record, you know, months and, and record years and things like that. So, um, but I think a lot of times when things are really, really good, it kind of breeds some apathy to making sure that you're doing really, really good with each individual thing so that when something big like this does happen, um, you're still running efficient and lean. And yeah, you might take a little bit of hit of overall business, but if you're still running profitably, it is what it is and you can build back up upon that base. But, you know, we were starting to get a lot of calls because, uh, you know, hey, we lost this lead source. It was our bread and butter. Now we have these other ones and they're not working too well either. You know, all the way down to, uh, you know, we did a lot of call center work this year because that's where a lot of the focus was. Um, and also, you know, canvassing, getting companies that have never canvassed before. But one really big hit uh, has been our, our brand ambassador program where it's kind of a hybrid canvas as well as, uh, you know, it's repeat business, referral business, you know, reviews and radius marketing. Um, and we're seeing that small companies could easily make the shift one marketer out there generating a million dollars a year in business for them. Uh, whereas, you know, traditionally in canvassing, your average canvasser gets you about $300,000 a year in business. So it's that one marketer doing the, you know, the business of three, as well as getting additional things like the reviews, which of course help every other thing, you know, aspect in your business on lead generation. So um, it's been a, an interesting, you know, shift that way. Um, but uh, I think it's definitely something that even though I don't know of another pandemic going to come around so quick, I mean, it's only happened once in my lifetime so far, right? That it's, it's really <laughs> done like that. Um, but is, you know, being prepared that, hey, if, you know, if this was our number one lead source and it stopped tomorrow, what would we do? you know, and having those backup plans in place. Yeah. I mean, that that's the case for so many different areas too. Like, I mean, even in our case, we were dabbling in some Facebook ads and then, you know, Facebook pulled the ad account for like a week or two. And I've heard, you know, horror stories from other businesses, even home improvement businesses that, you know, TV ads got held up or radio ads stopped and direct mail. So it's a good point that you're making about diversifying that, that portfolio of, of what's going on. But, um, I really want to jump into the topic today of uh, being the underdog. And this is an interesting concept to me because there is a, if you look at like the target market of home improvement industry, um, there's a, I think it's 60 to 70% are in that kind of SMB area. Um, of course, you have your top like 10 to 20% of like enterprise companies. Yep. Um, we all know who those are. Um, yep. But you know, when you're one of those the smaller ones and you're going up against the big dogs in your in your target market, um, what like I just is this something you run into frequently with the companies that you consult? Um, yeah. Is this something you're you're hearing? You know, especially lately with now it's a rush for you know digital ads and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and so the first thing I always like to say is we got to remember is those big guys were once the small underdog guys also, right? <laughs> 
Um, and so with anything, you know, what's tough with competing with the big guys is right their market share and then their spending dollars that, you know, Hey, you might have a marketing budget of, you know, 20 grand for the year or, you know, hundred grand for the year. And they do that a day sometimes. I mean, multi-million dollars, you know, a year for some of these, you know, these bigger companies that they're spending on marketing. And so the idea is not to compete with them overall because you can't. Uh, you yeah. know, and you get the, you know, spend for spend was equal. Now you can compete. And then it's all about message and, you know, all that stuff and how you treat the customer going forward. So good name and all that kind of stuff. But if we're talking, I was just having this conversation with, with a, a small uh, client. He's, you know, one man operation looking at bringing on his first couple of, uh, you know, people to work in his, inside his business. And he is competing against some of the, the industry giants in his marketplace. And he's like, I mean, is it even a worthwhile cause or should I just stay small and like I am now? And I said, no, and, and, and here's how you do it. You have to compete with them where you can. So in other words, starting with just your small neighborhood, even if you're a really small company, you can own that neighborhood. So maybe in that you know, 10 square block radius, you are the powerhouse, you are the big dog because you can you know, a lot more uh, quickly and efficiently own that little area without them even noticing that you're doing it, you know, that you're out there and, and you are the person. So own that small area first. Um, and, and you can look at that with anything you're doing, whether it's, you know, online, in person, face to face, you know, any type of the mediums that you may use, you want to try to own and dominate that marketplace, you know, with that one lead source that you're going after. Um, and we can look at, you know, how you know, Tony Hody has done it with his own retail business uh, very organically, you know, and what's tough about that a lot of times is it's not the quickest thing. It doesn't happen mm -hmm. overnight. It, it, it takes work just like it took those big companies a long time and work to get to where they're at. Um, but it's, it's getting involved with things like the local sports, the high school sports, you know, the, um, the teen sports, the, the baseball leagues, and in owning that market share of people, you know, uh, Tony used to do the, the perfect pass, you know, on the Friday night football games. And he actually gave away a house full of windows. There's, there's video on YouTube with a guy making the perfect pass through the little hole. And, and that, that was the greatest thing, even though it cost him a house full of windows that could ever happen because of the media <laughs> you know, that goes, you know, behind that. But I mean, the cost was slim to none. To, to dominate that marketplace. And that's the thing. If you look at, you know, his business in his local area, he is the guy, even though there's some other really big companies in there, in that local area, he dominates. Uh, and so you can look at that with, depending on your marketing spend, you know, it might just be a few square block area, uh, but you can build from there, you know, uh, by doing direct mail to all those houses digitally wise, you can, you know, uh, geofence those areas and you can serve up ads just to that, you know, just to that area and you can pick your demographics and, you know, multiple direct mail pieces. And of course, when you look at something like a brand ambassador program, like we have, every time you install a job there and you're going back there and you're talking with those homeowners and you're getting their referrals and then you're canvassing around that local, you know, 10, 20, 30 houses in that immediate area. And you start doing that over and over and over again, you can look at how you can grow and keep getting that market space bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, something absolutely zero cost, just take you a little bit of time, is uh, a lot of these little local neighborhoods have their own Facebook pages. You know, the, the moms of uh, ABC Township or whatever, you know, they have their own little, uh, you know, 
uh, Facebook page and um, you can get in there and you can use, you know, unique little uh, contest of, you know, hey, we're, uh, you know, installing at, at 123 Main Street today in your neighborhood, you know, guess how many windows we're installing, you know, get a $50 gift certificate to the, the local pizza place in that neighborhood. And, you, you know, you're tying all that together in, in creating a community uh, that you can dominate it. And that, I mean, that's completely free, except maybe the gift card if you offer that even, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It's the the grassroots. And what, what you find typically is like the grassroots smaller, like niche base um, becomes really the strongest. They become your brand ambassadors. The ones that tell family and friends, oh, this guy's been amazing. He's been around the block. He supports these local things in the community. Um, that's a, that's a pretty incredible take. It's a little bit more robust than I would have thought where it's like, wherever you completed your job, just put a sign in the yard. Uh, there's a little bit more that goes into it. Um, it sounds like, um, yep. so some of those, assi- like, let's say it's, it's a three man operation or yeah. three man, um, you know, two people. Um, what are some of those essentials in, in your opinion that every business should have in place, um, when they're going to start tackling this strategy, this, this niche strategy? Yeah. I mean, the key is being, uh, having a system and a process First of all, uh, so, so many companies, especially when they're smaller, um, they're just kind of winging it and they, they fell into some things that work, some things that they know kind of, hey, this does work and this doesn't work. So let's just keep doing what does work. And they don't necessarily have the, the rhyme or reason why it is or isn't working, um, and, but they're just seeing the results from it, either good or bad. And so if they're good, they keep doing more of it. Um, but the idea is as you continue to grow and, and put in programs, you got to have some basic, you know, processes and systems behind them so we can really get a good gauge. Hey, did this one not work because it does, doesn't does work or did this not work because we missed the boat or maybe we did this in the wrong area um, and, and a lot of things like that. So that's the first thing is really kind of discover what do we want to do? How are we going to measure it and manage it so we think we can get a result from it? Um, that's really the first thing. Um, and in even whether you're the, the three-man operation, like you're saying, or a 300-man operation, uh, all this r- range true. There's a lot of work we do with some of the bigger companies where it's bringing them back to those tried and true gorilla basic, you know, things of marketing. And, and again, it, you know, really boils back to that brand ambassador program that I was talking about with the, the repeat, you know, radius referral in uh, reviews. I mean, all the seminars that we go to, you know, everybody always wants more referrals. They want more, uh, you know, add-on business with their additional, you know, the customers they've already done business with because they've already paid for that their, those leads. And you know, for most companies, those are the two that they do the least with. <laughs> they don't get any referrals, not because they're not a good company, but they just don't they don't focus on it. And so they're so focused on all these big programs and these big spends and go out and get leads that they kind of almost forget about that real basic stuff. Um, and it's so you got to, you know, whether you're small or big, you got to still be doing those basic things, you know, all the time. Um, and, and a lot of times what I see, whether it's small company to, to large company, is that they don't uh, hold accountable um, to you know, what is expected to happen. So they might put these systems and processes in place and they tell their people, hey, go do it. And But then it's never measured. It's never managed after that. And then they're, hey, I want to quit doing this program because it's not working. Well, you never gave it a chance to work. You know, you never mm-hmm. followed up with people. Um, and I, I recently wrote a, a blog article um, um, 
with another company kind of on that idea that, you know, planning, you know, not planning is, is planning to fail, you know, essentially. And so getting that stuff right and then and measuring it behind it and kind of going back to what we just uh, talked about a little before. Um, actually, I know you've had her on the podcast before, uh, Megan, um, mm-hmm. she, you know, one of our, our co-consultants here at Tony Hody. Um, she actually just put out a blog, blog article today about not just being a home improvement company, but being a community improvement company. And that community improvement has a lot to do with those grassroots, getting out there in the community and, and, and owning those areas. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I'm starting to see that a little bit more. And maybe this is something that after 2020, and this is something that could, could be big in 2021, which is companies really focusing in on their community and supporting the community and um, you know, becoming more of a player there. Um, is that something you, is that a shift you're seeing or what is your take on what's to come for this year? I'm sure there's a hundred different possibilities here, but, um, is there anything that you see sticking out? Yeah. I mean, with the, um, community involvement aspect, um, you know, a lot of the kind of the old name behind that cause marketing, um, and there's companies uh, that you know make huge advancements in their marketplaces because they did those kind of things, and it's kind of a, an accelerator, so to say. Um, you know, I was uh, when I was with Tunderland, that was one of the biggest things we did that really helped with the growth was was that cause marketing in in giving back, and it and it wasn't just about being the best home improvement company; it's about being the best brand, uh, you know, while improving homes, lives, and communities, you know, that they served. And so, um, really getting out there and being a part of that. What when you look at a home improvement company, and even though they may have a different branded window. Uh, to most homeowners, it's still a window. Uh, to a lot of homeowners, it boils down to price. And then the rest of it's all the company story and the value that you bring as a company. But if everything if everything running true, exact same window, exact same cost, you got to ask yourself, what would differentiate us from the consumer, you know, to the uh, to the consumer about the other company? Um, and if you looked at one company, maybe doesn't even have any reviews or a few reviews and maybe the few they have it aren't the greatest reviews because they haven't gone out and got any good reviews for themselves even though they may have them and the other company uh, for the exact same price has great reviews and geez they're a part of you know they sponsor the local high school teams and you know hey i heard they gave away this to the vet down the street and and you know all those kind of things it, it makes people feel good i mean which one would you choose if you were you know between the two, right? Um, So, you know, the hard part with that is, again, also still having a systems and a process for it, a way that you're going to manage it, a way that makes sense, you know, getting your people involved in it um, and running forward. And again, there's stuff you can do from one man operation that costs almost nothing that way, all the way up to some of the biggest guys giving away, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year back to their local community. Um, So there's, you know, stages at every level, so to say. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I, I would run uh, against time here, and I want to wrap it up. Um, something I want to try out, and uh, still working on the name, but it's uh, something about like last tip before we get. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to hear just your top tip, your number one tip that you give customers or that you give people that are interested in Tony Hody's services. Um, what's the one thing everybody should be focusing on right now? 
Uh, I, I would definitely say diversifying would be the, the first one. If you look into your business and you realize that you are um, just one or two lead sources is what's what's keeping your business alive. Um, and even though those might have been great lead sources this year, it got you through the struggle of this year and what's happening. Uh, there's other things coming up. You know, traditionally inbound stuff when people are reaching out to you and calling into you, that usually happens when times are good what happens when the phone stops ringing you know and that's where that that face-to-face -face marketing that getting out in the community involvement you know makes all the difference uh you know that way and so really look into your business uh diversify you know that way and then you know the second part to that is a lot of times uh when people call in to work with us what they feel their problem is that they want us to help fix isn't actually the problem it's just the symptoms of what the real problem really is um, and so really take in, you know, a hard look at it. Do we have a plan, a process in place? If we do have a plan and process in place, are we following the plan and process? And are we holding accountable to that plan and process uh, to make happen? And usually, especially when people are reaching out to this, they're missing some part of that equation. That's awesome, Kyle. Um, that's all the questions I had today, man. I really appreciate you hopping on. Um, as a quick little plug for you and, and Tony Hody, let's say somebody wants, is curious about um, you know, some of the strategies, playbooks you guys offer, um, where would they look? Um, what's yeah. the website and can they connect with you on LinkedIn, that sort of thing? Yep, uh, I'm certainly on LinkedIn um, under Kyle Powers, um, Tony Hody's on LinkedIn, um, but you can go to TonyHody.com, uh, that's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Uh, we have a you know section where you can go ahead and, and send us your information, uh, do a you know a free 30-minute uh, kind of evaluation call, see where you're at, um, you know what where we may be able to help and uh, what you're looking for, um, and we just you know we love the industry, we love love talking about it, love being in it, so um, can reach out there. Uh, also, uh, you know I do run a podcast also, uh, Lead Gen Leaders. Uh, so a lot of good tips there. A lot of times, you know, Tony and I are on there together talking about a lot of these programs I just discussed with you. Um, so that's really a, a great spot to start, you know, whether you're an employee, a, a marketer, uh, on your own, thinking about starting your own, you know, it's a really great place to start, you know, with marketing along with, you know, your podcast also uh, about the business. So. Yeah, yeah. I was flipping through your episodes, uh, I think, yes, yesterday. Uh, there's some interesting stuff in there. I, uh, I'm going to have to dig in a little bit. Uh, I listened to some briefly, but there's some good stuff there. Kyle, thanks again so much. This is a ton of good information, especially for our listeners. And um, I'll definitely drop those links in the YouTube description and stuff like that. Uh, but again, Kyle, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Have a wonderful day.